0: Greetings, people's family. Welcome to our weekly Church at Home online service. We are blessed to have you, to serve you, and to fellowship with you. Yesterday, wedding bells were ringing here at church. I am happy to announce that Livu and Nyandi got married. Congratulations to our happy couple, officially Mr. and Mrs. Manenge. Let us continue to keep their blessed union in our prayers. This event comes just in time for our new series that we started last week called Relationships That Are Built to Last. The book of Proverbs chapter 4 in verse 7 states that getting wisdom is the wisest thing that you can do and whatever else you do, develop good judgment. Good judgment being discernment, understanding, and interpretation. The Word of God is a treasure chest for being skillful in all that we do. And the Holy Spirit is a guiding light that supersedes any source of intuition. So where do you go for advice on how to handle your relationships? Do you rely on a blog or on your friends? Or do you just let your feelings lead you? Today, I'm excited to dig in some more into God's word about how I can go about the relationships in my life as we get into part two of this series. Before we receive today's sermon, which will be taught by Pastor Kulutele, we will be encouraged with an offering message coming right up after this by Mr. John Mohodi.
1: we Ben, Ben i hey.
2: to the city.
3: morning, church. Yesterday we had a wedding in our church. Although due to the COVID regulations, only the brides and the groom's families were invited, nevertheless, a young couple were joined together in front of their families by God in holy matrimony. The miracle of two becoming one happened right here in our church. This reminded me of Jesus' first recorded miracle at a wedding in Cana, a village in Galilee. This account can be found in the book of John chapter 2 verses 1 to 12. So Jesus and his disciples were at a wedding. His mother Mary was also at the same wedding. Weddings in those times and it's still the case even now were events full of festivities and joy. The last thing you want to run out of at a wedding is food and drinks. At this particular wedding they ran out of wine. Mary mother of Jesus, came and told Jesus that there's no more wine. Jesus told the servants at the wedding to fill 120 to 180 gallons of water and and take those gallons of water to the master of ceremonies. This was about 600 liters. They did as they were told. But when the master of ceremonies tasted the water, it was wine. Good quality wine. Now, from a scientific perspective, water is H2O, which is two hydrogen atoms and one oxygen atom. I won't bore you with the molecular composition of wine, but believe me, I've drank both and wine is completely different to water. The difference is like day and night. Jesus did not just add a teaspoon of this and a pinch of that to the water to turn it into wine. By just his command, he completely altered the molecular composition of water and turned that into wine. This is indeed a scientific miracle. Jesus did that. Jesus, who can turn water into wine, is faithful, just, and true. He can show up in any situation and change the molecular composition of that situation for our good. Today, I want to speak into the area of our finances. Confide in Him. Ask Him to show up. He's faithful and just. He will show up. And when He does show up and He tells you to fill those empty gallons with water, don't ask questions. Just obey. When He asks you to send out one more CV or he asks you to attend one more business seminar, don't ask questions just obey when he asks you to volunteer or to be faithful in whatever area of your life don't ask questions just obey you and I don't know the concoction that he mixes together for our water to turn into wine and we don't even need to know ours is to hear his voice listen and obey then leave the rest up to him as we listen and obey Let us be comforted by Proverbs 10, verse 3, which reads, The Lord will not let the godly go hungry, but he refuses to satisfy the caving of the wicked. Let's pray. Father, we thank you very much that you are still that miracle causing God. You can cause miracle in any situation. You can turn the molecular composition of any situation for our good Lord. All we need to do is to hear you, is to listen, and is to obey. We thank you very much, Lord, that as we commit the area of our finances and as we give, we know that you are always there. You are attending situations, even in, in the background situations, we don't even get to see. You are attending those situations to work for our good. Because the righteous will never go to sleep hungry. That's your word. We thank you, Lord, for this promise in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen.
4: Good morning, church. I'm happy to be sharing the word of God with you today. And as you may or may not know, last Sunday, we started a brand new series titled, Relationships That Are Built to Last. And in this series, we'll be sharing principles that we we hope and believe will help people have better and stronger relationships across the board. This series is not in any way categorized. So it's not for, for only people that are married or those that are in relationships. It's basically for everyone. And last week, you know, Pastor Mondi spoke about the mission of relationships and how relationships that are built to last should be mission-minded, how relationships should actually have purpose, you know, and the fact that we can't just be in relationships for the sake of being in a relationship. And last week was a bit focused, you know, more on, on marriage. And if you actually missed last week's sermon, I would like to encourage you to go and listen to it because it actually forms the foundation of this whole relationship series. This morning or today, I'll be talking about the value and importance of community, more especially in the life of a Christian. And according to Merriam-Webster dictionary, I went, you know, and researched what community is and it defines it as a unified body of individuals such as a group of people with a common characteristic or interest living together within a larger society. What I like about that, this definition is the fact that community does not take away from our individuality. We can still be a unified body Of individuals. How amazing is that? And I would like us to go, you know, to the beginning and have an understanding of how we were created just as we're looking into Scripture and why community is critical in our lives, especially as Christians. But before we go further in the Word, I'd like us to just pray for the Word. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you, Lord Jesus, today. Thank you so much for your Word. Thank you for your word that is life giving thank you for your word, Lord Jesus, that has you know the power to transform our lives father God, so Lord Jesus, we just am um, come before you today. And Lord, we invite you in this word, Father God. We pray that may it minister into our lives, Father God. We pray that it may speak into our lives, O Heavenly Father. And we pray, Lord, that um, from these principles, Father God, you can just help us to apply them in our lives, Father God, just as we study your word, Father God, that we may be able to apply it, you know, in different aspects and areas of our lives, O Heavenly Father. We pray for all of this in the mighty living name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. So in Genesis 1, verse 26 to 27, it reads as follows. Then God said, let us make man in our image, according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish, over the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him Male and female, he created them. In the, in the portion of scripture that we just read, the immediate thing that catches everyone's attention here is when God says, let us. You know, right in the first chapters you know, of the Bible, we are introduced to God as us. You know? you know, not even as me or I, but as us. So at this point, we have an understanding that he's actually more than one because he said, let us. So God is already indicating that there is a community that already exists. And we learn from the rest of scriptures that God actually does uh, or, or exists as a community. He exists as the Father, as the Son, and as the Spirit. And you know, when God says, let us make man in our image... God is stating his goal. He is making man in his own image by using both, you know, his image and his likeness. And one of the likeness being community. You know, God created the heavens and the earth. You know, he created humanity. And God created, you know, everything that we see right now here on earth. But he did not create the concept of community because why because he is community god has always existed as a triune community of love think about that for a moment god didn't you know create relationship or community he is relationship and community so when he created us he created us out of that which already existed in him so he created us out of that image and likeness god eternally is community and God's intention in creating us was also to create us with the same capacity to have relationships and community. When God created mankind, He created them to have a relationship with Him and with one another. So it wasn't just you know, us having a, crea- a relationship with Him, but He created us in such a way that we may also have a relationship with one another. And for me, this is quite fascinating, because it explains why relationships are so important to us as humans. It explains why they are so dear to us. You know, we need others because it's wired in our very identity. It's part of our DNA as people created in the image of God. So now that we know and have the foundation of, you know, what community is, the question is, Why is community so important? What's the big deal about community? And how does it benefit us? And now I would like to just um, take us through two reasons why community is vital in the life of a Christian or in in, in a person in general. And the first one being, community is important because we are better together. A lot of us can agree that we have had that statement before, You know, this is a very common statement, but there is so much truth in it. Because there is indeed so much power in community. There is power in coming together and doing life together. You know, community is one of the deepest needs of our hearts because we were created for fellowship. We were created out of fellowship for fellowship. And I'd like us to read um, Ecclesiastes chapter 4, from verses 9 to 12, and it reads as follows. Two people are better off than one, for they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help, but someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Likewise, two people lying close together can keep each other warm, but how can one be warm alone? A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better, for a triple-braided cot is not easily broken. The title of the passage that we have just read is The Blessings of Companionship. This passage of scripture literally captures, you know, the value of doing life together. It captures that so well, you know. It just, it just captures how we are better together. And one of the things that, that I mentioned is that we are better together because we can help each other succeed. You know, we are better together because if one person falls, the other can reach out and help. You know, we can keep each other warm, we can stand back to back and conquer. So, in essence, life is better enjoyed when we are interconnected to each other. And as the word tells us as we have already read a cord of three strands is not quickly broken. And you know I love the idea of interconnecting to each other because how many of you can testify that it is in some of their most difficult times that they saw the power of community. You know that there were times when when you were feeling weak and someone was able to carry you. You know, there were times when you were just hurting, when you were going through, you know, difficult times in your life and someone was able to comfort you. And we see the power of of community beautifully and clearly demonstrated, you know, during bereavement and all sorts of celebrations. We see the power of community there. And... You know, one thing about us, especially as Christians, the one thing that is clear is that we were not created to live our lives in isolation. And that's not, we we were not created to live our lives in isolation because that's not part of who we are. Why? Because our God is relational. And you can have a look at, at marriage, for example. Marriage is also a form of community. We even hear God, you know, in Genesis Chapter 2, in verse 18, he says that it is not good that men should be alone. So it's not good for men to be alone. So God saw that his work was not complete, and he made a suitable helper for Adam because Adam was never going to be able to reproduce his kind alone so that is why God saw it fitting to make a suitable helper for him and another example of community is family you know whether it's family by birth whether it's family by choice by adoption that is a form of community and another you know form of community that we see is is in friendship you know this is where we see a unit of people coming together individuals coming together in unity that also is a form of that is a form of community a few months back i actually spoke about palm trees and one of the things that really stands out you know when you look at this kind of tree is that they actually grow in clusters you know because they flourish more when they are growing in those form of clusters and one of the reasons is that their roots they stay intertwined to each other they stay intertwined to each other when they are in clusters which means that they are not you know easily uprooted you're not able to uproot them that easily because they're interconnected to each other hence you know you find that they stand a better chance to survive because they're interconnected to each other and you know when you look at that you get to understand that even you and I we need to stay connected to each other we need to find ourselves you know in a community where we can do life together with other people in Romans chapter 12 from verse 6 to 8 it says in his grace God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well So, if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you are a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it is giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. The thing about community is that God uniquely places each one of us in each other's lives with the different abilities and gifts that he has given us. You know, as we have read from the scriptures, for some he has given them, you know, the ability to serve others. For others is to teach. For others is to encourage. For others is to give generously for others is leadership, you name it. All that we need to do is to serve, you know, is to serve the body of Christ, is to serve one another gladly. Pastor Mondi mentioned last week in his sermon that each and every one of us has the role of serving the other person to what God has called and created them to be, which means that it becomes very important that you and I do not neglect our spiritual gifts, that you and I actually excel and operate in our spiritual gifts because God can use us as a channel to answer people's prayers. And, you know, the answer to your prayer can be in the person sitting next to you. The answer to my prayer can be, you know, in the person that is sitting next to me or in the person, you know, that I do life with. So essentially, you need me, and I also need you. We need each other. You know, I have a role, I have a function to play in this body, and you also have a role and a function in, to play in this body. Each person has a unique place in the body. Each and every person actually matters. You know, No matter what they bring to the table, that is important and it matters. So we need to stay connected to each other. In fact, this is what Jesus says in the book of John. In John 13, verse 35, he says, Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. And again in John 17, from verse 22 to 23, it says, The glory that you have given me, I have given to them, that they may be one, even as we are one, I in them and you in me, that they may become one. Perfectly one, so that the world may know that you sent me and loved them even as you loved me. You know, Jesus says that the main way people will believe that Christians have found the love of God is by seeing the quality of life or the quality of their life together in community, how they do life in community. You know, it's by seeing how we love one another and how we are so connected to each other. So, you know, that sisterhood that you are, you know, in that brotherhood, that companionship, those relationships can literally bring someone to Christ because, you know, they are able to just see the love we have for one another. And when they ask us, we can tell them that it's God who loved us first. So we are able to love our neighbors. We are able to love our brothers and sisters. And the second thing that I want to speak about this morning is that community is important because it provides protection. And I want to actually start with this analogy, you know, the prey and predator relationship. You know, when a predator is seeking to devour or to actually attack a prey, you know, where, where, where there's a group of preys, let's say for example, a group a group of deers, it will normally not look for one that is weak, or you know, look for one that is small. And we're talking about this in the in the context or we're talking about this in the context of, of a group setting. You know what happens is a, a predator that wants to attack a prey will actually go for a prey that is isolated, it will go for the one you know that is not within a cluster. It will go for the one that is alone, the one that is isolated, you know. Because you know the one thing that you will learn when you study, you know, the prey and predator relationship is that when preys, you know, when they sense um, the, the the attack from predators, what they do is that they make sure that when they feed. Or whatever that they are doing, they protect the ones that are small and they also protect the one, the ones that that are weak. And that is how they actually end up protecting their whole community. Because you know what? When they are protecting them in their surrounding, when a when a predator comes, you know, it's not, you know, able to even see that they are vulnerable. So the isolated one, the isolated one can actually be weak. Or, you know, they can be small or they can be strong for, for that matter, but they are vulnerable for the mere fact that they are isolated. And that is the reality even in our lives. You know, we are more vulnerable when we are isolated and more protected when we find ourselves within a community. And listen to this, you know, few verses that just speak into doing life as a community, In um, chapter 4, verse 12, which we have already read, it says, A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better, for a triple-braided cord is not easily broken. We have already read this before. And in Proverbs 11, verse 14, it says, Where there is no counsel, the people fall. But in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. So, in you and I seeking counsel in the right people, we are safe. You know, we find oursel- ourselves in a space environment because we are seeking counsel. You know, so there is safety and protection in the mere fact that we are a part of the community. You know, being in a community, you know, protects us because of that. So, God can actually, you know, use the people around you to save your marriage. You know, people around you can speak, you know, into your life. He can use the people around you to save you from yourself. He can use the people around you to restore your faith. God can use the people around you to ignite your prayer life. You know, they can encourage you, and you find your prayer life being reignited. God can use the people around you to bring you to the faith. And how many of us know that if you are going through things and want to make irrational decisions based on how you're feeling, you know, if you find yourself in a community, you know, your, your group or, or, or the community that you find yourself in, they can actually tell you that, you know what, no, you're being emotional. Do not take, you know, a hasty decision just as yet. Maybe pray about it. Maybe take some time to think about it. Do so and so. And, in most cases than not, we, we, you know, we end up saving ourselves from whatever that is before us by simply being a part of a community. I love um, this quote from Dietrich Bonhoeffer. And it says that he, he actually puts why we should not live in isolation in such, a beautiful, in such a beautiful perspective. And this is how it reads. Sin demands to have a man by himself. It withdraws him from the community. The more isolated a person is, the more attractive will be the power of sin over him. And the more deeply he becomes involved in it, the more disastrous is his isolation. How profound is that? This is why we have to have accountability partners or why we have, you know, to always have to have people around us. Because sin ultimately wants us to withdraw from community because, you know, there's so much power in community, of which community is part of God's original design. So sin wants us to withdraw from that. Sin ruins the, the nature of, of man. It, it disrupts, you know, sin kills, and it destroys God's natural design. And you know what? Make no mistake. The enemy wants you alone and he wants you in isolation where there is no multitude of counselors, where there is no safety because he knows he can attack you at your weakest where there is no one to pick you or where there is no one to lift you up. And in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8, it says, Be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. And if by now you are still not convinced of doing life in community, listen to these two verses. Hebrews Hebrews 10 verse 25. It says, And let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do, but encourage one another especially now that the day of his returning is drawing near. And Acts 2, verse 42 says that it's titled, The Believers Form a Community. And it says, All the believers devoted themselves to to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and lastly to prayer. So we ought to not neglect this form of gathering. You know, just the coming together as Christians, you know, we have to devote ourselves, as we read from the scripture, we have to devote ourselves to teaching, to fellowship, to communion, to prayer. Because we were designed for connection. We were created for community. Community is one of the deepest needs of our hearts. We were created for that. We were created from fellowship for fellowship. Now, as I conclude, you know, you may be asking yourself, how do these truths about God and community help me in having a relationship that is built to last? And just based on the two points that I gave, I just want to give us, you know, practical things that we can apply in our lives to ensure that we find ourselves in in a community. Firstly, we need to realize that we are indeed better together. You know, we need to believe that, we need to realize that, that each person has a role to play and contribution to make. Each person has a unique ability to make the relationship better, to make the community that we are in better, so you and I, we both come in with something different that the next person actually does not have. We need to be convinced that there is no role. Or gift that is better than the other. Because we need each other. You know, for example, you know, as as a man is the head of the family and he can lead, but if there is no suitable helper for him, will he succeed? So essentially we need each other, you know, even in marriage, even in just family relationship, even in friendships that we find ourselves in. No one is superior or no one is inferior. And the second thing, based on protection, you know, for example, if you are married, find a couple that you can do life with, you know, find a couple that can speak into your life that you can trust to do life with as a married couple. For those who are not, you know, for those who are not married, you know, find people that can speak into your life. You know, whether these are people in the same age as you or people that are older than you, just find those people that you can do life with. Find people, you know, that not only can you do life with, but that you can pray with, where you can have a safe environment, you know, where you guys help each other. You help each other through some of the struggles that you're going through. And that space needs to be safe. And maybe for others, you know, you know, as I'm going through this, they are saying, this is not for me. I've been there. I've done that and I got hurt. So this does not include me. Well, I just want to tell you that it actually does. And just because, you know, we go through life and these kind of things happen, it does not mean that we can never find a safe space where we can just find people that we can do life with. Because this is God's design for our lives. We need to be in community. And if you by any chance are listening to this, and you have not committed yourself to any local church yet, I would advise you to do so. You know, find a church where you're happy, where you can settle in, become a member and start serving. Join a life group if there is one. Join a cell group, and you will see just how much your life will transform. You know, Sunday... Just coming for that one hour, 30 minutes on Sunday will never be enough to meet all our spiritual needs, which is why we need to do life with each other outside of the church walls. And this this ultimately leads to relationships that are built to last. Let me remind you of this. When you look at another person, you're looking at a person who is invited into the divine love And fellowship of God Himself. And as we interact with people, we interact with persons who are part of God's divine community, meaning they are in fellowship with the Father, with the Son, and the Spirit the same way that we are in. So the gospel message is an invitation into an intimate communion with an eternal loving community. So let me ask you these three questions how does your support structure look like how strong is it who are you going through life with and who are you connected to today let's pray heavenly father thank you for your word lord jesus father god i just pray lord that you may help us, Father, to find people in our lives, Father God, that we can do life with, Lord Jesus, because you have created us, Father God, out of community, out of fellowship, so that we can also have a sense of fellowship, so that we can also have, you know, a community that we do life with. So, Heavenly Father, I just pray, Lord Jesus, that we may f- never find ourselves isolated, O Heavenly Father, because you have given each and every one of us unique gifts, unique abilities, oh Heavenly Father, that will fit into each other's lives. So I pray, Father God, that everyone, Lord Jesus, may find themselves, you know, within a community, may find, you know, people that they can do life with. Heavenly Father, I pray, Lord Jesus, that we may just, you know, be able to be transformed by this message. I pray for all of this in the name of Jesus. Amen.
0: Thank you, Pastor Kolu, for teaching us some more about what God says about our relationships with each other. My prayer is that our good Lord may lavish on you all his Holy Spirit, that we may be filled and produce its fruit in our interactions with each other. May love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control Be your abundant portion now and forevermore. Have a blessed Sunday and a blessed week ahead.